Well, it's good to see you here today. We've got, like I said, we've got a number of people missing. I've had several phone calls. And uh, I had a call this morning from uh, Martha Brown. Her and JB just couldn't hardly get out. But their son, Dennis, uh, the girl that he dates and everything, she was at Walmart, I think it was last night, they said, and she fell. And she hit her head. And they had to take her to the hospital and Azel sent her on to Fort Worth and uh, said that the x-ray or solid, whatever they did showed there was some blood on the brain and her name is Gracie so if y'all would y'all keep Gracie in prayer and uh, JB and, Mar- and Martha they just they can't hardly get out in this cold weather so she just wanted to she called me this morning and let me know about everything and uh of course, y'all keep uh, Sue and Cody Sherwood and April and them in prayer. Uh, they've gone to Keller this morning. Uh, Curtis's granddaughter was being baptized. And so they went to see the little granddaughter's baptism. And uh, so that's Curtis and Sue and April and Jay and T and all of them. So they uh, were gone this morning. And uh, Rhonda, y'all keep her in prayer. Uh, she said that she, her fever has broke, and so she's feeling better. So, but yet she's still kind of under the weather, but she had to go to the ER. She was not feeling good at all, and really don't know what all they found, if anything. But she did say her fever had broken, and she is feeling some better. So y'all keep her in prayer. And uh, y'all keep Dale and his family in prayer, y'all. Dale's father passed away last Wednesday evening. And uh, they will be doing the service this coming Thursday in Sulphur Springs. And uh, so y'all keep them in prayer for God's peace and comfort in their life. And, uh, so, but anyway, uh, you know, I love that song that we just sang there, God on the Mountain. And that, that's, such, that's so true. He's a never-changing God. He's with us in the good times and he's with us in the bad times. And uh, he's always there for us. So, uh, but this morning I'd like to bring you just a message on, uh, and yeah, I'm sure y'all have heard this message. It's on a man named Naaman. Now Naaman, he was a Syrian general or he was the head of the Syrian army. And uh, he was a great man. The king thought all the world of him. He, as a matter of fact, here in Second uh, Kings 5.1, this is kind of what the king says about Naaman. He says, Now Naaman, captain of the host of the army of the king of Syria, says, was a great man with his master. He was honorable because by him the Lord had given deliverance unto Syria. He was also a mighty man in valor. But... He was a leper. Naaman was a general. He was a head of the, of the Syrian army, but he was also a leper. Uh, evidently, the leprosy in Naaman hadn't gotten so bad yet that he couldn't perform his job. And the king thought mighty highly of Naaman. And we're going to see how much this king thought of Naaman here in just a minute. But... Uh, Wherever Naaman went, he was he was uh, celebrated. He was uh, regarded 
with uh, a lot of respect. And they said he was a very valiant soldier, a brave man that did whatever the king needed done. And he said, and by him, the Lord accomplished much. And, uh, but like I said here, Naaman had a very serious disease. It was a disease of leprosy. You know, in Bible times, leprosy was also referred to as sin. And it's still referred to today as sin. And leprosy was something that when people had leprosy, those people looked at them in a way, uh, they believed that leprosy was what God put on a person when they committed a great sin. And this was God's punishment. And the only way they could be healed was by the hand of God. No other way. And that's just about right. You'll see very many lepers in the Bible healed. We read about a few that were healed. Naaman here will be one of them. We saw the ten lepers healed over in the book of Luke. And, but very few lepers were healed. And that's one reason why most people thought that it was only God that could heal them. And that's, a very, that's possible because every time one was healed, it was by the hand and the power of God. So, Naaman was uh, a leper, but yet he was a good man. Uh, he was not a Christian man. He did not have any kind of really an experience with God. Uh, but you know, we look at Naaman of other people. They're decent, they're good, they're moral, they're kind, but they've got sin in their heart. They are unbelievers in the Lord Jesus Christ, and therefore they have a spiritual disease. That spiritual disease, we call it sin. And there's only one way that we can get rid of sin, and that's through Jesus Christ. He's the only one that can heal our sin. Just like what the just what just what, what they believed about leprosy, the only way that leper could be healed was by the hand of God. The only way sin can be healed and taken care of is by Jesus Christ. If He doesn't take care of it, you'll die in sin. So we always have to be know that we're going to have to come to Jesus in order to get rid of sin in our life. And but uh, these uh, Naaman. I want to get back with Naaman. Uh, we're told that Naaman and some of his men, they had raided a little community in Israel. And they had captured a little uh, Israeli maiden. And Naaman had brought her home. And she was a servant to Naaman's wife. And now this was a godly little lady. She had been raised in a home that knew God worship God. She had faith in God. And we're going to see in just a minute where her faith led to Naaman going to see about getting healed by God. But here in the Second Kings 5-2 it tells us, and the Syrians had gone out by companies and brought and had brought back captives of Israel. One was a little maid and she waited on Naaman's wife. And we're told that this little maiden had been captured and taken away from her home and her loved ones. She 
had been brought back to Syria. Now, like I said, she was raised up in a godly household. Uh, and when she heard that her master, Naaman, was a leper, she was filled with compassion for him. So evidently, Naaman and his wife were very kind and very good to her. And she had compassion in her heart for Naaman. So she talked to Naaman's wife and told his wife about her God in Israel, saying, if, if he would just go to my land and see the prophet, God could heal him of his leprosy. Well, they talked to Naaman. Naaman said, I'll do anything to get rid of this leprosy. I'll try anything. Well, Naaman went to the king, and the king thought so highly of Naaman. He said, Naaman, by all means, I want you to go. I want you to go. I will send a letter to the king of Israel to make a way for you. Naaman went. And uh, it said that uh, when Naaman went, well, first of all, when he got there, he went to the king. He didn't go to the prophet Elijah. Elisha. He went to the king. And the king was very upset. See, that letter should have been sent to Elisha and not to the king. Elisha the prophet. The godly prophet. But the letter somehow got to the king and it made the king very mad. It, it, it really made the king leery because he thought that the king of Syria by sending him, by sending Naaman to him to be healed, that he was looking to start a battle. Because he said, I can't heal anybody. Why would they send him to me? And then Elijah found out about what had happened and he, he sent word to the king send Naaman to me. So Naaman sent, they sent Naaman then over to Elisha. And uh, so he talked to him. And there, I'll show you some something here in a minute. But uh, Naaman went to see Elisha. And Elijah was going to send him to do something. And y'all probably all heard this story. That, that Naaman was to go and dip seven times in the Jordan River. And he would be healed. But Naaman, on his way there, Naaman made three big mistakes. And I think it's a lot of mistakes we make. And, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> Naaman's first mistake... Naaman thought that he could buy his cure. Whenever he left Israel, the king sent with him silver, gold, and clothing and uh, as a gift. And But Naaman thought, well, I'll use this silver and this gold and all this clothing to buy my healing. How many of you know that you cannot buy your healing? Amen. Healing is a gift from God. You can't buy it. I don't care how much money you got, you cannot buy your healing. And, uh, 
But he said that, that what Naaman took with him was one talent of silver. And he said he required two large bags to carry all that silver in. In addition to that, 6,000 shekels of gold and, and 10 changes or 10 sets of clothing. Now this, this clothing was not like a t-shirt and cutoffs. I mean, it was very expensive, jeweled clothing, decorated, beautiful. Would have cost very, very, it would have been very expensive to buy. But he took these as gifts. Or in other words, he took these with him to purchase his healing. He thought he was going to have to have money to get his healing. And, uh, <clears throat> but like I said a while ago, all the money in the world cannot buy a cure from God. And uh, there's only one, you know, God has given us a gift. A gift of salvation. We can't buy salvation. Look at Ephesians uh, chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. Listen to what it says, and this is so true. It says, For by grace you have been saved through your faith, and not of yourselves. Nothing that you did. No works. You couldn't buy it or anything else. He said, It is a gift of God, not of your works, lest any man should boast. It's a gift from God, and man can hear and say, Oh, look what I did. I did this and I did that. I earned my salvation. No, you can't earn salvation. You can't buy salvation. Salvation is a gift from God and that's the only way you can get it. You can't buy it and you can't earn it. And so Naaman made that mistake of thinking he could buy his healing. The second mistake Naaman made Naaman went to the wrong person. I said, like I said a while ago, he went to the king instead of Elisha. And there are many people today going to the wrong person for a healing. Man cannot heal you through prayer. We can go to prayer, we can stand with you, we can pray for you, asking God to touch you and to heal you. But as far as man healing you by laying hands on you and anointing you with oil he can't do it it is by the power of God that is the healing comes through and comes from and uh, you've got many people today that go to a wrong source many people go to the day to the priest for confession thinking well I'll just confess my sin and I'll be healed a priest cannot heal you. A priest can pray for you, but he cannot heal you. You know, in 1 Timothy 2.5, it tells us, for there is one God, one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. That's who heals us. Christ Jesus. He can touch us. He can speak the word. He can do whatever he needs to do. As we're going to see here in a minute, Jesus, God himself, used a very special uh, tactic to heal Naaman. Something we probably never even think of. But God already had what he was going to do. 
and how he was going to heal Naaman. And the third mistake Naaman made was he wanted to be cured the way he wanted it. He thought, well, I'll just tell God how to heal me. You know, we don't tell God how to heal us. But Naaman thought he could do that. Naaman was, he had given orders so long to all his men that he thought he could give orders to this God. See, he didn't know this God of Israel. He had heard about him, but he didn't know him. And he thought that he could come in there with his gift, buy his healing, and then tell this God how he wanted to be healed. It don't work like that. God's already got it figured out. God already knew Naaman was on the way. God already knew how he was going to heal Naaman. And, uh, and then and he was really got upset when he went to Elijah's house. Elijah didn't even come outside to talk to him. Elijah sent a servant out there and told him what to do. He told him what to do and how to be healed. You know, the servant came out and said, go wash in the Jordan seven times and your flesh shall come again to you and you shall be clean. Now look at Naaman. Look how he took this. Look what he said when he heard this. Here in, in verses uh, 11 and 12, 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 11 and 12, he said, but Naaman was wroth, or he was mad, he was angry, and he went away. He left in a rage. Thank goodness that he had some men there that loved him. Matter of fact, they even, had, they even called Naaman father. He was like a father to them. And they loved Naaman. And Naaman wasn't going to go to that river and he wasn't going to be dipped. And you know, and Naaman could have very easily had any of these men killed for talking back to him. But there was, a, there was one of his men that said, Father, if this servant had told you to do something very, very difficult and hard, you would have done it. But he just said, go dip seven times in the river and you shall be healed. What is so hard about it? Can we at least try it and see if it works? Naaman thought, he said, all right, we'll give it a try. But if it had to be for one of his men, Naaman would have left. He would have left angry and he would have still been a leper. But he agreed to go do what, what he was told to do. And uh, here in, in, in verse 12, it said, But Naaman was mad, went away, and said, Behold, I thought Elijah would surely come out and stand before me and call on the name of, of his Lord, his God. And then he would strike his hand or he would wave his hand over me and I would be healed. See, this is how Naaman thought he was going to be healed. He was just going to go stand before Elijah. Elijah was going to call upon his God, wave his hand over him, and he'd be healed. But that wasn't what God had planned. None of us know what God has planned. 
We just have to trust God. We have to believe in God and believe God is going to heal us. He's going to do what he says he'll do. And then, Naaman said to his men, Are not the Abana and the Prosper rivers of Damascus better than all the waters of Israel? May I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned away in a rage. And that is when the men called him back. And said, Father, if you'd been told to do something very hard and difficult, you would have done it. Why not do something so easy and simple as this? And see whether it works. Well, Naaman agreed to go do it. And uh, I think of many of us today, we've got our own ideal of how we think God should heal us. How we think God's going to heal us. And we have no ideal how God's going to do it. We have no idea how God's going to do it. But you're going to have to have faith. You're going to have to believe. Uh, right here in Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. Listen to what he said, and this is so true. Said, and this is God speaking. He says, For my ways are not your ways. Your thoughts are not my thoughts. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. God is so much higher. God already knows what he's going to do. He already knows everything about us. We were talking back there, Rex and I, a while ago about what God knows about us. He says, God knows the day of our birth. He knows the day of our death. He knows every hair on our head. He knows what you're going to do, what you're not going to do. He knows whether you're going to be obedient. He knows whether you're not going to be obedient. God knows what's going on. Because his ways are higher than ours. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. We just have to put our faith and our trust in God. You know, so now we see we're naming down at the river. Here in, in Kings 5.14, it says, Then he went down to the Jordan and dipped himself seven times into Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God. This is what Elijah's servant told him to do. This is what actually Elijah told him to do. Go down and dip seven times. And his flesh came again like unto the flesh of a little child. And he was clean. When he obeyed God, things happened. He was healed. He became clean. You know, this took a man like Naaman. He really became humble. He was full of pride. He had such a reputation. People bowing down to him, praising him all the time because of who he was. He was the captain of the army of Syria. He was a big man. Well known. Walking around in pride and people, yeah, there's Naaman. Look at Naaman. Look at that great man. But Naaman had to get rid of pride. He had to humble himself. You know, what does the scripture say? God hates pride. We, if we're prideful people, we have to get rid of that pride when we or God's going to get rid of it for us. He's going to humble you. You're going to bow 
Just as the scripture said, for every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Even Satan himself is going to bow before Christ and confess him as Lord. Everybody is. <coughs> but he had a great humbling. He had to let go of his pride. And you know, he had to do that in front of his officers, his, his men. They'd never seen him like this. But I think Naaman, the Spirit of God come up on Naaman. And Naaman felt something he had never felt before in his life. I've talked to people in the hospital. And I've seen people healed. And I've asked people, I said, they said, something very strange. I'm feeling, I said, what do you feel? They said, it's hard to explain. They said, but I feel a warmth. I feel, and you can just feel them shaking, quivering. This was the Spirit of God coming up on them to heal their bodies. They had called upon God in faith, believing that God would heal them. And I've seen people get up out of their beds. I've seen people healed. Yes, I prayed for them, but I did not heal them. God is the healer. I was just simply a vessel there, just like Elijah. He was a vessel. He didn't heal Naaman. God healed Naaman. But Elisha told Naaman what to do. When I'd pray for people, I'd lay my hand upon them, anoint them with oil. And then I would say, for the Lord says, this is Jesus Christ speaking, for I can lay my hands upon the sick and they shall recover. It's not anything I do but being obedient to what God has said to do. God's the healer. But I have to be obedient to God and do what God says. Just like Elijah. He had to be obedient to God and tell Naaman what he had to do. You think, you think Elijah come up with that seven times in the Jordan River? No. God came up with that. Seven times. Seven is God's number. Seven is a number of completion. You know, Naaman could have dipped six times and he'd have still had leprosy. But when he fulfilled obedience to God and dipped that seventh time, he was healed because of his obedience to God. When God says seven, six is not enough. When God says seven, six is not enough. You have to go with that seven. You have to do it seven times just like what God says. He dipped that seventh time. He come up out of that water. And his flesh, like he said, was that as a little child. Leprosy was gone. He was totally and completely healed because of his obedience. See, God wants our obedience. When we're obedient to God, God can do so much in our lives. He can change us totally and completely. He can heal you just like he did Naaman. You know, and something else happened to Naaman that might have even been better than a physical healing. He met the one true God. He met the one true God. 
He had an experience with God himself. And I want to show you what, what happened here in 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 15. This is what Naaman himself says. He said, And Naaman returned to the man of God, he and all his company, and came and stood before him. And Behold, now I know that there is no God in all the earth, but in Now therefore I pray thee to take a blessing of thy servant. You know what that, you know what that, you know what Naaman wanted to do? He wanted to give Elijah all the silver, all the gold, and all the clothing because of his healing. We'll read on in there further. He said, the things of God are not for sale. You don't have enough money to buy the blessings of God. It's your faith, your trust, your belief in God that brings the blessings. You don't have enough money. God don't need your money. But he wants your obedience. He said, I'd rather have obedience than the sacrifices. God was interested in men being obedient and obeying him. God knows what's best for us. And God wants to bless us. But in order to bless us, we have to be obedient. We cannot go against God and then expect him to bless us. He won't. If y'all will read one time, I've, I've, I've preached on it before, but if you will go to the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 28, and it starts out with the blessings of God. He starts telling the Israelite people, if you will do this, these blessings will come upon you. And he lists those blessings that they will be obedient to him. But then, right below the blessings come the curses. He says, if you don't be obedient, then these curses shall come upon you. And he lists them. It's just the opposite of the blessings that God wanted to give them. He said, instead of blessings, it's going to be curses. If you cannot be obedient, believe me, trust in me, have faith in me, I can't bless you. But the curses will be there. So we have to believe, we have to know that God wants to bless us. And God does want to bless us. Matter of fact, over there in Malachi, he said, and if you will be obedient to me, you will be faithful to me, and, 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 and trust in me. He says, I shall open the windows of heaven and I shall pour out blessings on you that you cannot contain. That's a promise. That's a promise. I'll pour my blessings out on you. And he will. He will. I've talked to people and they said, man, I have been so blessed by God. When I said yes to God, they said, my whole life changed. Naaman's whole life changed when he said yes to God and he believed him. And he did what God said to do. Dip seven times. Maybe some of us need to go out here and dip seven times. Like I said, seven is God's number. That's the number of, it means completion. God's able then to complete what he wants to do in our life when we're obedient. You know, Naaman was absolutely convinced that there was no 
excuse me, there was a God in heaven. And from now on, he was determined to make this God his God. Matter of fact, he even told Elijah, he says, when I go into worship with my king, and he worships the God Nairoch, he says, my heart will not be there. I have to go in with my king, but my heart will be with the God of Israel. Because I have had an experience. I have met. I have met this God of Israel. And I know he is for real. I know he is there. And I know I want him for my God. And further on in there, we'll read, he took back several sacks of dirt from Israel. What? He took that dirt from Israel and spread around so he can kneel on that dirt of Israel and worship God in Syria. He wanted to get as close to God as he could. And he thought, if, if I just get some of the earth here from Israel and that I can kneel on, I can worship my God. Oh, Naaman was, was convinced. He was convinced there is no other God except the God of Israel. I hope we're all convinced there is no other God than the God of Israel. The God who created all heaven and earth. The God who made everything. Who formed us. You know, Naaman had met and had a personal experience with God. And his life was changed forever. And I think most of the people that I've ever met or talked to that have met God and had a relationship with God, their life has changed and they never wanted to go back to their old life. They had experience that they had never had before. Let me ask you a question. Have you had a personal experience? Have you met the true God? Have you met the true God? Have you had that relationship? Have you had that personal experience of God himself touching you? If you haven't, you're missing something. You're missing something. And God wants to touch you in a way you've never been touched. And when you feel that touch, it's like I said when I talked to those people, they said, it's a warmth. It's a faith. And you can feel them. You can feel them shaking. You can feel that Holy Spirit in them just moving. That Holy Spirit produces warmth. It warms the heart. It warms the spirit. That's God. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of the living God himself. It's living on the inside of us. We need to welcome that Holy Spirit in a way that I don't even know what I want to say. In a way that we know that we know that we know God's presence is there. When you feel this thing, you need to really worship. Lift those hands. Sing out. Praise God. Don't sit there like a stump. Give God praise and give Him thanks for what He has done and what He is going to do. God's not through with you yet. God's not through with you. He's still got a lot of stuff for you if you'll just be obedient and say, there's people sitting here right now that God wants to do things with. But you've got to say yes. 
You've got to be obedient. You've got to say, yes, God, I'll do it. Show me what you want. But be sure that you want God in your life. We've got people in some of the churches, they go, but I'll ask the question, are they experiencing God? Do they feel God? Do they know God's there? Are they saying yes to God? Are they just taking up a spot and a seat? A lot of difference. Even the devil can go to church. To say yes and to be obedient to Almighty God. I'm going to ask the band to come up. If you would like to have an experience with God, you say, hey, I haven't never had that experience. But I believe in God. We have an altar up here. Just come and kneel at that altar and just tell God what's on your heart. Tell Him what you're feeling. Say, God, I want more and more of you in my life. I want to feel you. I want to experience you. I want to be able to tell others about you. I want to have a testimony, Lord, that I can draw others to you. There's some of you in here that's got a good testimony, but you never give it. Do you give it to others? Do you tell others about your experience with God? There's many times that experience you've had could change somebody's life if you just tell them. What about that little maiden from Israel? She talked about her experience of knowing this God. Naaman says, yes, I want to know him. I want to meet him. And he went. Maybe some of you would give a good testimony. You might get other people in here to meet your God and see what he's really like. To have an experience. I'm going to ask the band to play. If you feel like you just would like to just say, Lord God, thank you for all you've done in my life. Lord, I want more of you. Please come up here to this altar and talk to him. He'll listen and he'll hear every word you say. And he will answer your prayers.